We want people, the full community, to come to our events. We want the full community to be involved in the community garden. And we're hoping that, you know, organic growth will come to Southern Albemarle because people think this is a really vibrant community that is always doing something, and I'd like to be a part of that. That was Ed Brooks, Program Director at the Yancey School Community Center in Esmont, Virginia. In this episode, we'll have a conversation that ranges from Ed's deep roots in the community, how the center started, and what the future holds for this vibrant gathering place. Welcome to Let's Talk Albemarle. I'm your host, Serena Gruya. I'm the public engagement specialist with Albemarle County in beautiful central Virginia. I've been in this position for just about two years, and every day I learn more about local government and our community. I've spoken with so many people who really want to get involved in local governance, but don't know where to start. Well, it is my hope that this podcast is a starting point to supporting community participation. And for those of you who are already super engaged, a chance to dig into important topics. So today, let's talk Albemarle about the past, present, and future of the Yancey School Community Center. I'm happy to welcome our next guest to Let's Talk Albemarle. Ed Brooks is the program coordinator at the Yancey School Community Center in Esmont, Virginia. In preparing for this conversation, I had a really hard time developing a concise set of questions because there is so much to talk about. So we'll see what we get into today with the possibility of coming back for additional conversations in the future. As always, listeners, if you have questions for our guests or topic ideas, please share those with me. My contact information is in the show notes and I'll also share at the end. Okay, now on with the show. Welcome, Ed. Good morning, Serena. How are you? Uh, Thank you very much for inviting me and um, I'm just looking forward to this conversation. So uh, you're the program director at the Yancey School Community Center, which is located in Esmont and and you're originally from Esmont, isn't that right? That is correct. I am a native, uh, we call it Esmontonians and uh, I'm actually a a generational resident. Of course, um, you know, there's two parts to every family, but my mother is from Esmont, my grandfather, my great grandfather. And so um, I know my family history back to my great-grandfather's, to the great-grandfather level. So yes, native of the area. Great. So, um, well, tell us a little bit about you and your experience in that area growing up and and your life there. Yes. um, My mother's maiden name is Gardner. And so um, we have family that lived all around our home. And um, my uncles and different ones all had gardens. They had pigs and all of that stuff when we were young. So my experience growing up is certainly that of a rural child. Going to town, you know, like Charlottesville was going to town. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting because now, um, you know, we can drive out to Esmont from Charlottesville and it takes about, mm, about 35, 40 minutes. Um, what was it like coming into town at that time? Was it a big to-do? It was a big to-do. Um, you know, you could get ice cream sandwiches and things, and you saw a lot more cars because, um, you know, the main road through Esmond, it's, uh, it's frequented with cars in the morning and when they come back from work in the evening. But there can be stretches of the daytime where it's not very many cars going by. But, you know, once we got to Charlottesville, it's like, oh, wow. Um, you know, cars are just here, there, and everywhere. And Charlottesville really was a small city at that time. And my father, um, you know, was from Charlottesville slash Western Albemarle. So 
there were times when I actually did stay in Charlottesville, you know, for, you know, weekend and maybe into the weekday a little bit. So you know, still going to town was a thing. Yeah. And so it sounds like uh, where, where you grew up, uh, you were uh, surrounded by lots of family. And um, so what was your experience like going to school? Did you have a lot of uh, friends and family in, in the school? I did. Um, but my story is a little bit of a um, of a zigzag. And this kind of gets us into some of the broader issues that surround Charlottesville Albemarle. But when I went to first grade, my mother chose to send me to Scottsville Elementary, uh, which was in 1966. And she did so because she was a member of the NAACP. And, um, you know, I wasn't aware of the larger issues of school integration, desegregation. But um, I got on a bus and I went past all of the students that were waiting to go down to school at Yancey and I went to Scottsville and the only people that I had known you know, for a prolonged period of time where the other children in the neighborhood that chose to go to Scottsville too. And so there was, you know, two handfuls of us, I'll put it that way. And then um, when uh, Albemarle County decided to go to a full integration in 67, I came back to Yancey from second through fifth grade. And that's where I was back again in class with people that, you know, I went to church with and played in the neighborhood with that type of thing. So, you know, I was a seven year old at that point. So that was in um, back in 1967, and uh, Yancey at that time was a, a new school. Now it's a community center. Can you tell us uh, what's the trajectory of that story between 1967 and and today? Yes, um, I'm going to capsulize this as much as I can. But um, segregated school from the time it was built in '60 to '66, fully integrated in '67, and. Um, Pretty much by the early 70s that there were efforts to combine Scottsville and Yancey together. And a part of that happened because of Hurricane Camille in 69 and then Hurricane Agnes in 72, which almost wiped Scottsville off the map. And they built a new Scottsville Elementary out on Route 20. And as always, the county does this, whenever they build a new school, they build it for growth. So it's bigger than what it is at that point in time. So there were efforts. We have the newspaper articles. There are old people in the community who still share the story of the school board trying to close the school. Yeah, so what? So from, from the Yancey uh, community uh, side of things, what was the response to, to this potential closure? Well, um, there was a lot of um, pol- pol- politicking with the school board members. There was always um, galvanizing of the community where people showed up and got real loud about, you know, the intentions of it. It was a very, 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 very sad moment in the history of um, Esmond because it had been an ongoing fight on and off for 20, 30 years uh, that we lost at that moment. And so from there, there was a community effort and I think on the part two I have to give um, you know public kudos to you know supervisor Liz Palmer who you know did not want to see the building 
not used. And so the effort to make it a community center was done by you know a lot of community members that just realized that reopening as a school was probably not in the cards. Peggy Scott was uh, right front and center, which you know shaping what this community center would look like. Uh, Berlinda Mills, who has been working with Parks and Recreation for quite some time. Reverend Mary Carey, uh, Francis Feggins, um, um, Graham Page, Charlotte Brody, um, who is a resident of Howardsville, uh, was very much involved, as well as um, you know Miss Waltine Eubanks was there, and that's what came up with the blueprint of what it could be, what it should be. And those people are still active today. So there, it is now a community center, and it started being that officially in 2018. And the whole concept of helping rural communities have better well-being kind of became the driving concept. Um, January of 2020, we started out with our first event, which was a skating event. Uh, we would have been happy with 50 people have shown up. And we actually ended up with 223. Um, the, it was just a wonderful night and a great way to start. And uh, I think in February, we did a, um, we showed Lorenzo Dickerson's movie of uh, Albemarle County Schools, um, Black ABC Schools. And then we were scheduled to have a grand second one-year anniversary of the community center in March of 2020, and that's when COVID came in. If you could go back in time and talk to the community, some of the community members that were participating in the struggle at that time, and tell them, describe to them what Yancey has become, what would you say? You know, Yancey has become a new entity, um, and we've done our best to not forget that it was once a school, and that the elders thought that it would always be a school. So we're trying to make it a place of disseminating information and instructions and having youth in the building uh, for different programs, but it's not where they go to school. Yeah, it makes me think, you know, the walls of Yancey are still covered in the artwork the students created on that last year. Um, so it, it, I think, you know, that that serves as a memory and it, it shows the emotion and it's hard not to be emotional about it when you are there. Yancey Elementary School officially closed in June of 2017. Almost two years later, the Yancey School Community Center opened in the former school building. This innovative model for a community center creates space for collaboration between local government and nonprofit organizations to provide programming and services in support of community health and well-being. The service footprint for the BF Yancey School Community Center includes Southern Albemarle and the adjoining areas of Nelson, Buckingham, and Fluvanna counties. You know, we've we've been going through this COVID pandemic and activity has slowed at Yancey. If we can look to the future, uh, when we get past this pandemic and we're all healthy, uh, we have, I'm just going to read the list, uh, the Jefferson Area Board for Aging, or JABA, Piedmont Virginia Community College, PVCC, the Food Pantry, the Blue Ridge Health District, there's the adjacent Friends of Esmont, and then the guiding Yancey Advisory Panel. If we can think about the future and the hustle and bustle that is Yancey with the vibrancy, 
talk me through a week of activities. What would be a typical week that you would envision with all that activity? I would envision that there would be, um, as it is now, but maybe just more so, you're going to have the jaunt buses coming in and out, dropping off uh, participants in the Jobber program. And by the way, because we do have a building there, the Scottsville Jobbers now meet at Yancey. So instead of just Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The, uh, the food pantry started off as one day, and even in the pandemic, it's been expanded to two. So it's second Saturday, fourth Friday, and just the amount amount of work that it takes to get these boxes ready is incredible. And so, and somewhat, the pantry even grew in the pandemic because they don't have to get out the car anymore to come inside. We just bring the boxes out there. Uh, Blue Ridge Health District is new, but we had four vaccinations, and the community found out in ways that we could have never done organically that Blue Ridge Health District was in the building and facilitating these vaccinations. So in that way, we made lemonade out of the lemons of COVID. Um, so that's going to be all of this traffic going in and out of these four resident agencies. Um, I didn't even mention that Yancey is an official and has been for decades a voting precinct. The Porter's voting precinct is there and the Jefferson Madison um, uh, bookmobile comes there too uh, once a month. Peggy Scott has just been doing a wonderful job with this organization called HERE. Health equity access in rural regions, they're new. But they have just done marvelous things in the year and a half that they have been uh, going forth. And it's new because they actually have kind of funded a little bit through UVA. And they've got resources, water testing dates, and um, all sorts of just well-being type of things that are going on. So there's just all of this activity going on. And we're going to try to start writing down on paper, why are people showing up? Um, and that's what we want to be able to measure. And then there's always going to be the coordinating of events, just what we call community events, which is outside of the core, um, the core offerings of these agencies. So there are um, quite a few programs and organizations that are collaborating within the building at Yancey. How how does that? Um, how do you continue the work and how do you continue the vision to, to look at what's next? We want to see a rainbow of diversity of people. Yes, the history of Yancey and Esmond proper, um, Porter's proper probably is uh, one of an African-American community. But for Yancey is probably the heartbeat of the community at this point. So when you say what's next, we want people, the full community, to come to our events. We want the full community to be involved in the community garden. And we're hoping that, you know, organic growth will come to Southern Albemarle because people think this is a really vibrant community that is always doing something, and I'd like to be a part of that. If, if people outside of this community want to learn more about the area, the community, or the center, what resources would you recommend? Well, first of all, I would like to get them on what I call the community newsflash. <laughs> and that's the way I bring people into the Yancey circle. So there's no, um, there's no set time that I send this out. I send it out as I believe that there's something that will catch people's attention. So I'm going to get you on the community newsflash. And from there, I am going to try to get you to come to one of our programs. And the easiest way for me to get you involved, because programs can come and go, is that we have a community garden that's always there. And it always needs help. 
So I'm going to try to get you to come to the community garden. And finally, you know, the Yance advisory panel meetings, which go on monthly. When we get back to the winter, we'll go back to Zooming, I guess. And, um, you know, I try to have different topics from different people. So I say anything. So, yeah. So we talked about how people might participate. Um, but how can uh, listeners support the work that's happening? Do you have um, a call for donations or a call for, um, you know, volunteers? There are places to get involved, uh, but it's the food pantry that's probably the first place that just needs hands. Uh, the community garden is the second place. And, you know, the third place is that the Java Senior Centers are there, but they're always looking for, like, speakers. And because uh, John is a big supporter of what they do to help get the people there. And there are other times when I will ask for anybody in the whole Albemarle County that wants to come out and participate in the trash cleanups. If you had wanted to come out and be a volunteer for the vaccination sites, uh, we would have found a place for you to plug in and help direct cars or something of that nature. Anytime that you want to come and pick what's in the garden or help as a helping hand, um, please, we can, you can go in there and just say, what do you need done today? You can work by yourself. And then sometimes the, the produce that's been grown in the community garden makes its way over to the food pantry. Isn't that right? It does. As a matter of fact, that is where it's first supposed to go. Well, Ed, I think that uh, given all the challenges of the pandemic, it sounds like the Yancey Community Center is truly a vibrant place in spite of all the difficulties we have these days. And I think that is a, a huge credit to you. Um, what should I ask you that I don't know enough to ask? That's a, um, a good question because we have covered a lot of ground. Um, I will say this, um, uh, Yancey is a four-part entity. There's a part of it that Parks and Rec runs. There will be open gym basketball. I just got a note this morning that the yoga classes are going to resume. The exercise classes are going to resume. There's a part of it that's uh, run from the executive office in the equity and inclusion department. That's me. I'm the program coordinator. There's a social services part with these five entities that are in there. There's a part of it that belongs to the uh, voter registrars because they're always voting there. And the piece of it that would probably, you know, I think round it all out is that if there was a business of some sort that was in there and they were paying to be there because it's a spot that they can operate in. We want it to be a place of um, fun activity and information dissemination. That's what I would like it to be known as a great source of community engagement. And meanwhile, we'll just keep going forward with, you know, just building this really active community out in a rural setting that brings people together across all sorts of boundary lines. And this is a place where you can gather and we're all with one vision, and that is to make this place a happy and fun place to be at. And you learn a little something too while you're getting involved. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to talk about Yancey. Um, this has been, you know, we've had newspaper articles and we've shown those, but this has been an opportunity to talk about Yancey in every facet, from its history to its challenges to its um, barriers to what it is today. And I want to thank you for just uh, giving us the opportunity to talk without time pressures either, uh, to really fill in all of the gaps and 
and, and paint a picture for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Just like in the beginning when I said there was probably more to talk about than we were going to cover today, I'm sure I'm going to come back to you again and, and check in about the, the future success of the community center. So thank you, Ed, very much. Thank you so much, Serena. We appreciate it. Well, that wraps up our conversation about the past, present, and future of the Yancey School Community Center. First, thanks to Ed Brooks for being my guest on Let's Talk Albemarle, and thank you for listening. I would love to hear from you. Call or email me to share your constructive feedback, suggest a topic, or ask a question you have about Albemarle County local government. 434-296-5841, extension 3274, or sgruia at albemarle.org. Albemarle, we need to have a talk. Let's talk Albemarle!